Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this week comes from John, the 21st chapter. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed, <clears throat> Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net, though, even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples, after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, he said to him Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. The second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said to this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, Follow me. Here ends our gospel reading. 
Please be seated. Who grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's kind of a tough question for anyone to hear when you think about it. Whether it be from a friend, significant other, or a spouse, and especially from a family member. It is difficult to hear it when it is put into words. The question that I'm referring to, of course, is the one that Jesus asked Peter three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Seen in a certain light, this question is fairly straightforward and should be easy enough to take on, right? I mean, if you love somebody, you will presumably care about their well-being, defend them in front of others, and show them loyalty. More than that, though, it simply should not be a hard question to answer. If you really care about somebody, you should probably know that you love them. I mean, with some relationships, it can be kind of up in the air or an open question for a while as to how you feel about that person. But when it comes to those that we are sincerely and obviously close to, like Jesus was with his disciples, it should be obvious as to how we feel about the relationship. If Peter loved Jesus as a friend, teacher, rabbi, and Lord, he should have easily known, and Jesus would not have needed to ask him this question more than once. Of course, we encounter this story in the Gospel of John after Jesus' trial, crucifixion, death, and resurrection. He had already been arrested, already been beaten, already endured false accusation and slander, and already been hung on a cross until he descended into the realm of the dead for three days. And then, miraculously, he had already risen from that same death. This also means that Peter had recently, in the, hour of, uh, in the hours of our Lord's suffering and imprisonment, very infamously denied any connection to his teacher and friend. On three occasions, this one who had followed Christ and his ministry for years had very publicly and resolutely denied that he even knew the man being led to the cross. He had been disloyal, failing to defend his friend in front of others, and putting his own well-being in front of that of his Lord. Peter's denials were driven by fear, not love. So it makes a lot of sense that the resurrected Christ would press the issue to ascertain whether Peter still desired to follow him after everything that had just gone down. The question, do you love me, seems quite a bit more sincere and its answer not so obvious when we realize that Peter had recently proclaimed several times that he did not even know who Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth was in the first place. The question that Jesus put forth to his disciple was Peter's chance for redemption in the eyes of the other disciples 
and in front of us, who still read this scriptural account long after everything transpired. Jesus asked the question that is not so obvious in Peter's case three times. He asks it three times. And Peter is given the opportunity to state three times, stating it resolutely, I might add. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. This forms a sort of 180-degree turn from what he said nearly a few days prior in Jerusalem, responding to similar questions by saying that he did not even know the man on trial, let alone having a loving friendship with him. Here, Peter can say confidently once again that he not only knows Jesus, but is willing to lay down his life for his friend, just like his friend laid down his life for them. It really is a significant about-face for the disciple who would turn out to be basically the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem and beyond. In my preparation for preaching on this passage this week, I looked at the original Greek version of the text and noticed some interesting differences in the word used for love between Jesus and Peter. The first two times that Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, the verb used for love in English is the Greek verb agapao, or commonly we hear it as agape. Agape love is a Greek word that is used uniquely and also quite pervasively throughout the New Testament to describe a sort of love that is unconditional, self-sacrificing, and perhaps even universal in nature. It is a kind of love that goes beyond just love between friends and family, and definitely beyond the sort of love that exists between romantic partners. Agape is the word that Jesus used when he said, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It is used throughout the Gospels to, to describe the love that God showed the world and the love that God calls us to show others, even our enemies. In a way, it was as though Jesus was asking Peter if he would now die for him instead of denying him as he had just done a short while before. Interestingly, though, when Peter responds saying, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. The Greek verb he used for love is the verb philao, or we commonly hear it as philos. Philos love is used to describe close, personal relationships like those shared between friends or family. Case in point, the word for friend in Greek is a noun from the verb philao. You use philos to describe someone that you are personally close to, someone you know very well, and probably someone you like to hang out with in your free time. You might show agape love to your enemy, but you would only use philos uh, Philos love to describe your friends and your family. 
This word comes to us in English as uh, in things like philanthropy, right? Love for humankind, or Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. My personal favorite, philosophy, <laughs> love of wisdom. In its Greek usage, to use philos to describe a relationship, we should think of the relationship question in question as only between close personal friends. Now, on my first perusal through the Greek words for this passage, the difference between the verbs for love used by Jesus and Peter formed a stark contrast for me. By, using a, by Peter using a different verb, it was almost as though he was avoiding the question. It is as if he was saying, I love you like a brother, but I won't die for you. Why wouldn't Peter just follow Jesus' lead and use the same language for love in his response to his teacher, friend, and Lord? Was the difference in verbs just a fluke? An accident that the writer put in by mistake? Or is there real meaning behind it? What do the differences in the original language for this passage actually mean? Well, I'm going to assume that the difference in verbs the writer used was intentional and not some sort of accident. With this in mind, it is worth pointing out that Jesus switched from using the verb agape, or verb for agape, after the first two times he asked Peter if he loved him to also using philos in the third and final time he asked this question. Peter used philos for all three of his responses, but Jesus switched after using agape twice to using philos the last time when he asked his follower, Do you love philos me? Quite the interesting switch in language. It is almost as though Jesus himself was getting closer and closer to the disciple who had denied him point blank. Sure, the three times he asked the question serve as a counterpoint to the three times that Peter denied him while he was on trial. Yet, the way that Jesus changed his verbiage in the Gospel of John makes it seem as though he is drawing closer to his disciple and almost reconfirming that he could truly trust Peter once again. The first two times he asked the question, it was as though Jesus was saying, would you die for me? This is significant. But this kind of commitment can be lived out from a distance. Soldiers show agape love for their nations by laying down their lives for those that they have never met. But this does not make them close to all those who benefit from their sacrifice. Jesus moves past this level to finally ask, Do you love me like a brother and a friend? Peter, of course, says once again, though with pain in his heart after having been interrogated for so long, Lord, you know all. You know that I love you.
What does this mean for us? As disciples of Jesus, I believe that that Christ desires for us to be as family and friends with him. It was wrong for Peter to deny him. But Jesus wanted more than for him to simply right that wrong and recommit to following his teacher. Christ desired for Peter to be his beloved friend once again. And I believe that Christ desires this kind of relationship with us too. God knows us from the inside out, but wants more than just to observe us from afar. God in Jesus Christ desires for us to willingly share our deepest selves with him in prayer and faith, in worship and devotion, in our waking and in our sleeping, so that he might freely and genuinely call us beloved too. May we entrust our lives to our Savior in ways that are deep and personal, this week and beyond. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.